Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini. Good afternoon and welcome into this Friday, May 6th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, happy to have you with us here on this Friday afternoon, May 6th. Uh, one step closer to sectional action beginning for baseball on Tuesday evening. Uh, but we've got a lot to talk about from last night's games. Uh, the game we had for you um, was a very good game. Uh, Musselman had a no-hitter going uh, through, what is it, seven innings, I think? Through seven innings and into yeah. the eighth inning, it was tied. You had a no-hitter, but you gave up two runs, uh, walking a couple guys, hitting somebody, and uh, coming around to score with some of the speed that Martinsburg has. Uh, but Martinsburg ties it up at 2-2 in the top of the seventh inning. They go to the bottom seven, and uh, they don't give up a run. So they go to extra innings in the eighth inning. Uh, the offense just came alive there for Martinsburg, scoring five runs in the top of the eighth inning, Nick. Yeah, and that rally obviously helped the Bulldogs, but I think you look back at last night's game and uh, you're sitting there in the seventh inning and it just seemed like there was no way Martinsburg was going to tie the game up even though it was just a one-run ball game. It just seemed like the Bulldogs really couldn't get anything going offensively, but it starts with that hit-by-pitch that allows Jordan Camby to reach first. He steals second, advances the third on an error, and then or scores on an error after advancing the third. Um, so, you know, Musselman just kind of shot itself in the foot there in that seventh inning because they should have been able to find a way to win that game. Uh, but Martinsburg just kept fighting. They uh, kept their composure, it seemed like, at the plate, even though things weren't really going their way. Rutherford threw a excellent game on the mound for Musselman. Dylan Stevens comes in and pitches pretty well until uh, in extras and when the Bulldogs got some runs across – uh, but I think the big thing that I took away from that game is if these two teams meet in the sectional championship, it's going to be intense. It's going to be yes, something intense. you don't want to miss uh, because these two teams do not like each other. The fans don't like each other. The, I don't know if the coaches like actually don't like each other like off the field, but on the field they don't like each other. And, and the players don't like each other on the field. And there was a lot of jarring back and forth. Um which set up for like a game that heading into it, it was just kind of like, okay, this is a game that they're playing because, you know, it's on their schedule, but it really doesn't mean much. Martinsburg was taking it. It seemed like pretty lightly in terms of not that they didn't want to win, but they were giving everybody a chance to pitch, to get their innings and get ready for the playoffs. And then as the game went on, it was like, this feels like a must win game all of a sudden for Martinsburg, like to prove something and and for Musselman as well, because Musselman the whole time had this like great energy. They were really into it Uh, throughout their fans were chanting stuff at at the Martinsburg players. So it it was intense uh, throughout. And I think once the intensity picked up, it really turned into a great ball game last night. And I'm looking forward to sectional, especially if those two teams match up. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you go back to last Friday's game uh, at Martinsburg and Dylan Stevens got the start for Musselman and he just completely dominated that Martinsburg lineup going six and a third, just allowing two hits, one run, three walks and 11 strikeouts in the ballgame on 110 pitches. And when he came in to pitch last night, it it kind of seemed like total opposite. It seemed like Martinsburg maybe had, you know, you gone through that lineup through, you know, into the seventh inning that he took the game on Friday night. Those guys have, you know, seen him three, four times or two to three, maybe four times at that point in the ballgame. I'd say three uh, just because of the number of, you know, only giving up a couple hits there and then, you know, three walks. Uh, but it seemed like they kind of figured him out to the point of uh, what they could do to, you know, strategize to get on, whether that's, uh, you know, stay you know, stay off some pitches, you know, do things like that. But when he came in for two and a third inning, he gave up three hits, six runs, five of those earned, one walk and three strikeouts. And he took the loss last night for uh, for Musselman. And uh, just, I think, figuring him out at the plate is, you know, it's like last week's game with Caleb Edwards on the mound. You know, they had seen him all last year in the when they had played him the you know the, in the 2021 season. So it kind of is like that. But Martinsburg, obviously, you mentioned doing something different yesterday, you know, getting all their pitchers some work. But it was really uh, the end of the ball game with DJ Triggs on the mound going three and a third innings, just giving up one hit and four strikeouts. And you talked to him after the game. He was the WVU Medicine Player of the Game. And let's hear his interview with Nick last night after the game. The player of the game, DJ Triggs. Thanks, guys. We're now joined by our WVU Medicine Player of the Game, DJ Triggs. And, DJ, you come in in relief tonight, and you have pretty good stuff. Uh, what was kind of your game plan when you took them out? Well, they're sitting dead red fastball the whole game. You can see that. I tried to throw a couple first pitch all speeds, burying the dirt, not going to swing. They're really good. They're a really good hitting team. But my fastball worked really good today, I think, and that's what got the job done. seems like as the year has gone on, you've seemed to get more confident and better on the mound. Uh, what what do you credit that to your recent success? I like all my coaches. They told me just calm down and work your stuff. You know, you got. I believe, I believe in you. Basically, is what they're all saying. Like, they all have that, all the confidence in the world, and just slow down on the mound. Don't get in your own head. That's, that's what I, that's what I think. Obviously, too, you guys avenged that loss uh, from Musselman. Uh, been a lot of jarring back and forth, and uh, sets up for an interesting sectional. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a good, good section. Probably, it's gonna be it's gonna be Austin versus Musselman. That's what it's gonna be. And it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be good games. I'll say that. All right, DJ. Thank you, and good luck uh, the rest of the season. And you heard Nick with DJ Triggs, the WVU Medicine Player of the Game last night. But on the offensive side, Jordan Camby, one for three, three RBIs. Uh, Martinsburg, as we just mentioned, kind of came alive late in that ball game. Jake Zittle had two RBIs and a one for three effort as well. And Nick, he's definitely been hitting the ball a lot better lately. Some just, you know, right two players. Yeah, and Zittle's been heating up for them in the lineup. And I think overall, if Martinsburg gets good production out of its bats, usually they can rely on their pitching to keep the game close. Uh, you know, there hasn't been too many games this year where they've really been hit hard uh, throughout the game and the pitching necessarily uh, made mistakes. Sometimes the defense has made a few mistakes. So it's a good Martinsburg team. Obviously, Musselman has a really good team as well. And I think that they've been kind of underrated this year. And uh, I'm pretty impressed with their lineup. I'm pretty impressed with their pitching. So, you know, I could see either one of those teams winning the sectional tournament on this side. And on the other side, 
between well, Jefferson Nick, and Washington. Let's, let's hold that. We'll, we'll, we'll use next segment. We'll talk about the sections right. a little bit here. Right. But let's hear your interview with Coach Byler last night. After the ball game, the Bulldogs now have 20 wins on the season, 20-7 and seven is their record. Martinsburg Bulldogs, Aaron Byler, and uh, Coach, team's getting no hit most of the night, and then just some crazy stuff happens. You find a way to tie the game, and there at the end, uh, finally kind of break through on uh, Stevens and, and get some hits rallied together. Uh, what'd you kind of tell the guys throughout the game to keep them locked in, even though the offense wasn't really clicking for them? Well, I think everybody knew that this game, you know, was essentially meaningless. But it, as it went on, it kind of got the feel where you needed to win it, you know, for momentum. And you know, I think at the end of the day, if we took anything away from it, we I think we had momentum going in the sectional tournament, and the guys believed that it's their sectional tournament to win, and hopefully we we'll carry that over. Able to get a lot of different pitchers into the game today. Um, that was a strategy going in, and obviously all those guys threw pretty well. So uh, is that really what you wanted, is to see those guys pitch, and not only pitch, but pitch well? Yeah, I think it was it was good to get Caleb confidence early on, you know, if he has to face him again. Um, I thought it was really good to see Joe Paulson up the 50 pitches. That was the goal. And then I thought it was really good to see DJ in pressure situations because you get in the sectional tournament late next week, there's going to be pressure situations, so that was kind of a good simulation of that for him. It seems like he's been pitching better as the year goes on, and he just talked about him uh, getting more confidence out there. Is that really just the key to DJ Triggs pitching well, is just confidence for him? Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, we, we talk all the time about the good and the bad DJ last year, but I've really only seen the good DJ. I've, I think he's had a tremendous senior year. I think he's pitched with confidence all year long. Um I have no fear to put him out there in a big game, and I think he's proven that. Um, so, yeah, we have all the faith in the world in DJ when next week when, when he gets his opportunity. Obviously, you guys and Musselman uh, always have had a rivalry, but it, it seems like as this game went on, like you said, it seemed to mean more, and it has to do, I think, with that rivalry as the intensity is still out there for the kids and for the coaches as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that next week will be fun. Leave it at that. All right, back to you guys. Next week will be fun. The last words of Coach Aaron Byler. Uh, we'll do right now is we will step aside for our first break of the day. When we come back, we'll break down the rest of the EPAC. Uh, we'll look at the games last night, and uh, we'll look at the sections, a little preview of the sections, as we will not have a show on Monday, uh, so we won't have a lot of time to talk about that next week until Tuesday. So that'll be it for the first segment of today's show, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. And the other side of this break, again, we'll break down the rest of the EPAC. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! 
Conveniently located right off 81 at 214 Mid-Atlantic Parkway, Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun. It's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood helps you build your safety skills with our Defensive Handgun 2 course taught by NRA certified instructors. You must have already completed the basic handgun course as a prerequisite for this course. Valley Guns 2 will conduct this course on May 14th. All defensive courses will be held at the training center in Bloomery, West Virginia. To register and find out more, visit valleyguns2.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Spencer Boy, Nick Verzellini, happy to have you with us. We'll break down some more EPAC games last night. Hedgesville beats Frankfurt 9-6. Short outing for Lane DeLotter on the mound, just going one and two-thirds innings as he got really hit hard there. Six hits, six runs. Those all earned four walks and no strikeouts. Uh, Ruess came in, though, going five and one-third inning, giving up just one hit, striking out eight, and then walking one. So uh, at least you have, you know, sometimes your pitchers are going to have bad nights, Nick, but uh, at least you have a guy like Jackson Ruess there to come in and uh, really save the day for them as they're able to come back and get a win. Yeah, I mean, Lane DeLauter's been their ace through the majority of the season, so you expect him to go out there and dominate most games, but uh Ruest has been really good for them as well uh he pitched down at Mingo Bay we got a good look at him and while he got down early in that game once he got down he really settled in and uh, kept his team of a chance to win and uh they're out of the bullpen he provides good stuff so you know Hedgesville has talent I don't think they're lacking necessarily in talent it just seems to be consistency for them uh right now this season and what's kind of held them back from being one of the top teams so far this year in the EPAC, but if they can pick up some steam in the tournament, maybe they could make a run. Uh, we've seen their team be competitive with some good teams in this conference, but we've also seen them get blown out a few times. So they're a tough team to really get a good read on. Uh, based on recent play, it, it doesn't seem like they'll have they'll have much to say about a, a sectional tournament run, but the history's there, the, the talent getting Riley Bubb back helps. So, you know, they're they're a team that I'm interested in to see how they do. I don't know if they'll do well, but you you can't count them out because of what they have talent-wise, just haven't really shown it uh, 
consistently this season. Yeah, definitely. And then looking back at that game last night, Riley Bubb, you just mentioned him. Coming back on Tuesday, he goes two for three with two RBIs. In Wednesday's game versus Jefferson, he went two for four with an RBI after going 0 for three in his first game back. So, I mean, if he could find his swing like he has these last two games, he could, you know, help them at least, you know, be in a game uh, come on Tuesday. Also, good night from Lane DeLauter at the plate, two for four for him. Um, two RBIs from Nichols when he came in for Noah Brown on a one for three night. Uh, good hitting there last night for Hedgesville. They're now 16 and 14. They're slated to play Williamsport today at home. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that will not happen. Nick. <laughs> yeah, the rain is still falling it looks like and it's supposed to rain tomorrow and tomorrow's the last day of the regular season um let's look now at washington they got a doubleheader sweep yesterday of berkeley springs game one was eight nothing game two eight to three uh so the offense starting to come back there for uh washington after a little bit of that seven game losing streak where their offense kind of wasn't wasn't there for the most part at least couldn't get to the point in the game where they could you know, at least tie the game. They were, you know, they lost a few games by a few runs, more than, you know, two or three. Uh, but obviously, you're playing Berkeley Springs. You're not going to throw your ace. And they threw Kramer last night. He went seven innings, five hits, no runs, one walk, and three strikeouts on just 81 pitches. So it's good to see a guy that usually doesn't get a lot of time there uh, pitching a really good game in for game one. And then you look at game two as an eight to three victory. Um, Great game for uh, it's a it was a combined game from Stottlemyre and Sedlock. Four innings for Stottlemyre, two hits, one run, one earned, uh, one walk, ten strikeouts for him. Seventy four pitches over four innings. But when you're going to throw ten strikeouts, your pitch count's going to get up there a lot. Uh, Sedlock, three innings, no hits, two runs, none earned, three walks, seven strikeouts. So I mean, seventeen strikeouts in one of those games, and then in the other game with three strikeouts so 20 strikeouts over two games in a matter of four or five hours it's pretty good for your pitching yeah i mean there's not much you can really take away from that berkeley springs obviously a smaller school uh but like we've said before when you play those smaller schools around the area uh and you're one of these triple a teams your goal is to help build your confidence at the plate and also with your pitchers as well. I mean, Stoudemire is dominating the EPAC, so it's not surprising that he can go out there and dominate through four innings. You get him some pitches, too, right before the tournament, but you don't want to use him too much. I think that's a, a good strategy by Coach DeCerno. And uh, really get his team ready, and we'll see how Washington plays. Uh, they're definitely not a team to overlook. We've talked about it multiple times. If Colin Reed or Braylon Stoudemire is on the mound, it's going to be – you know, to a low-scoring ball game that anything can happen in, um, presuming the other team's pitching another good pitcher. If they're not on the mound, you definitely have a chance to get some runs against this Washington team. But at times, they've shown in their lineup that they can score at a high rate as well. So uh, they're a good team, even though their record doesn't necessarily show it completely. Um, Especially those two guys on the mound, though they're pretty much unhittable. So yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, we talked about this as a disadvantage for Washington. Uh, so I believe their game tonight is totally canceled with Spring Mills, so they won't try to make it up tomorrow, obviously, because it's going to be a rainout all day as well. 
So Washington finishes the season 13-9 and with 22 games. Um, so just 22 games for them. Obviously, we talked about them not getting the number of games that other EPAC teams have. You know, Spring Mills with 25 games, Musselman with 26 games, Jefferson with all 32 games, Martinsburg 27 games, and uh, Hedgesville 30 games. But that could actually be a good thing. If you have to play a lot in the playoffs, your your arms are a little maybe a little bit fresher than other teams. Yeah, so it it can definitely be beneficial. I think they haven't played a ton of games. It, it's either going to be beneficial or not. I mean, it's tough to really read. Obviously, uh, you know that that keeps you fresher, but also you might not have had as much experience this year. In, in big moments and stuff like that or you might not have gotten the competition that the other teams in the conference played so you know the 22 games I think it could be helpful in terms of you're fresher than maybe the rest of the teams but also maybe you're not as stretched out like your pitchers haven't thrown as many innings so maybe they're still in kind of a mid-season mode opposed to a end of season mode I don't know but um you know, I don't think it affects things too much. Like it's not necessarily giving you an edge or a disadvantage, but it is kind of interesting that they just haven't played nearly as many games as most of the teams in in the league. Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously, twenty two games is it's a lot shyer. They're going to play at least twenty four, uh, which would then be you know close there with Musselman Spring Mills, uh, but. You know that's just an interesting thing to look out for, and the we'll talk about the EPAC regular season champions Jefferson. Uh, they're a good weather predictors, or they just watch the weather. Coach Lowry just watches the weather a lot more than uh, some coaches. Uh, they had a home game yesterday, slated for uh, six o'clock against Smithsburg out of Maryland. They also were slated to finish the season today at home against Mercersburg Academy. Uh, so they looked at the weather and were like, "Yeah, we're probably not going to get that game in Friday or Saturday." So they played a double header yesterday first game against mercersburg academy out of pennsylvania they got a five nothing win uh there and uh good night or good day from jared day on the mound seven innings six hits no runs two walks three strikeouts on 98 pitches uh sam wabnitz two for four night or two for four day there they had seven total hits uh then you go to this the final game for them of the regular season against smithsburg and Sam Wobditz went four innings. Does he? Did he pitch earlier this season? I just don't feel like he's pitched a lot. Not a lot. I think he's pitched a little bit, but not in a game we've done. I know that. I don't know. I just when I saw it on the uh, like on the stats that he was pitching last night, I was kind of confused initially because I was like, he doesn't usually pitch. Um, but uh, he had a great game: four innings, two hits, one run, one earned, five walkouts, and ten five walks and ten strikeouts. Uh, and then Hall came in for a third of an inning, gave up two hits, one run, one walk, and then uh, Morgan came in to finish it out and uh, get the win: two two and two thirds innings, giving up just one run, three walks, and seven strikeouts uh, in that ball game. Uh, not a lot of hits for uh, for Jefferson; just three hits on four runs but they're still able to get the win and finish the regular season 29 and three uh with the regular season epac title there um shout out to them we'll have uh coach john lowry senior on the show on tuesday 
Uh, at 12.15, we're going to try and get him on today, but he's got some other obligations during uh, right now, so he's unable to come on. But uh, let's talk about the sectionals beginning next week. We will start with Section 1, a four-team double elimination tournament that begins on Tuesday uh, with number 1 Martinsburg hosting number 4 Spring Mills. We'll have that game for you. All games in Section 1, at least, will be played at 7 p.m., so we'll have a 6.40 pregame on Tuesday. Um, that should be an interesting one, especially if Chase Herndon's on the mound, uh, Nick. Yeah, and I would think that he will be on the mound uh, for that game. So that certainly helps Spring Mills. They'll keep it close. Um, it just feels like though if you get into that Spring Mills bullpen, that eventually you're going to get some runs across. So the best chance for the Cardinals to pull off that upset, I think, would be uh, to – obviously get Herndon some run support if you can get him you know two or three runs to work with that helps you out but also uh hope that he doesn't have to come out you know after five innings or so because of like he's got to really keep his pitch countdown and pitch well so that's uh that's a big task I think though even though this is a three wing three win Spring Mills team they've gotten better as the season goes on uh they'll keep it close but I just – I don't think they'll win, but you never know. I mean, it's EPAC baseball. Uh, they nearly knocked off Jefferson. It was only a one nothing game. So it is an interesting matchup, even though on paper, you know, you see a three-win team versus now a 20-win Martinsburg team. It's just hard to imagine that being close, but they already were close with the number one team in the state. So anything could happen in that one, and uh, I'm definitely intrigued by the potential for an upset – uh, just with Herndon on the mound um, because he pitches so well and, and that sets up for a good matchup. Martinsburg's really got to try to get into the bullpen and try to cause some problems for their defense. But their defense has been a little bit better as of late too. So uh, like Spring Mills all year, they really just got to prevent the big inning and, and that could keep them in this ball game. Definitely. And then we'll go to the other Section 1 game on Tuesday. That is two Musselman hosting number three, Hedgesville. Uh, that should be an interesting matchup because Hedgesville has been up and down all year, but it seems like they're at least, you know, with Riley Buff back, they potentially have a chance, um, especially because, I mean, what's that's five days. D- Dylan Stevens showed he could give he gives up, you know, that he's not, you know, 100% perfect. But no pitcher is really in high school at least. Uh, unless you're going to get drafted right out of high school. Um, so that would be an interesting matchup there for Hedgesville. Yeah, and they could go Stevens, they could go Hartman, they could go uh, Miller. They have three options there, so it just kind of depends on how Coach Hartman wants to handle the matchup. I mean, on paper, I would think Dylan Stevens gets the start, but you never know. I mean, Hartman will be well, well rested, so he could definitely get the ball. Uh, and Musselman's got a really good lineup. We've seen Kyle Lohr hit the ball uh, in particular really well as of late. Um, Miller and Stevens and those other guys, Hartman as well, can can get hits. Uh, the freshman catcher whose name is escaping me right now, but for uh, Broyles. Broyles can hit well. So Musselman's got a lot of good talent on that team, um, and it seems like they're playing really good baseball. Obviously, this loss against Martinsburg, I think they were a little bit overamped maybe at times or, or, or down the stretch just kind of got unlucky. I don't know exactly what it was, but they definitely were in control of that game for the majority of it and looked like they should have won, but came up short. Uh, and they can 
you know compete with anybody. Hedgesville is a solid team, I think, talent wise. Just haven't really put it together for whatever reason. Uh, they have good bats in their lineup. Mikey Nichols, uh, Riley Bubb, to name just a few. Lane DeLotter's been swinging a good bat for him. Um, so they're going to need a good effort on the mound. They're going to need to try to keep Musselman off their game and, and string together hits. But it just seems like the way Musselman's been playing toward the end of the year and the way Hedgesville has played toward the end of the year, that Musselman has the big advantage heading in, and you'd have to lean toward them if you were going to make a pick. But, again, EPAC baseball, anything can happen. So if I had to make a pick, I, I'd say Musselman's probably going to win that game. But I wouldn't be surprised if Hedgeville maybe made it closer than people might think or even somehow got or took the victory. I wouldn't be like completely shocked because they do have talent on their roster, and it, and it just depends on any given night. If your pitcher's on, you could uh, pull off a big win. You definitely could in the bracket. I believe it was changed yesterday. Coach Byler was telling me something that it got changed, so he sent me the bracket. Um, I have to figure out how the days work. Uh, I believe it goes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, so the winner of those two games will play. I don't know if it's on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, but the winner of the first-round games will play, and the higher seed will host. The loser of those two games will play the higher seed will host and then the losers of game the loser of this is very confusing so Musselman and Hedgesville will play the winner of that game will play the winner of Martinsburg and Spring Mills and the loser of that game will then play the loser of the this is very confusing. I'm not helping anybody out by explaining anything I don't think. Uh basically if you lose game 1 you're going to play the other person that lost game one. Yeah, it's a loser's bracket. You and then the loser's bracket, and then the, the two higher seeds play the two, each other. Yeah, and, and the then winners play, play each other. But the, and the winner's winner bracket the winner, the team that's 2-0 and o will host the game. I believe that was the change. Right, it won't be sense. the higher seed. Yeah, that makes sense. So if Musselman, or if Martinsburg somehow goes 1-1, one and one, but they make it back, they won't host because they're not 2-0. and o. Whoever is 2-0 and o will host that game. Yep. And then um, if it's the first loss, they'll play another game, I believe. Um, and then regional play regionals will begin on Monday, May 23rd. Yeah, so if whoever's 2-0, and o, I think the 1-1 one one team will have to beat them twice yes. to win the section. There, I believe okay. that is correct. And then on the other section, it will be a three-team double elimination tournament starting with Washington hosting Hampshire on Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm not too sure exactly when that one starts. The winner of that game will play Jefferson. The winner of that game will wait and play the loser of the other game. So the two losers will play. So hypothetically, if it's going to go chalk, Washington will play Hampshire. If Washington wins, plays Jefferson, then they lose or they win. Whoever loses that game will play Hampshire again. And then whoever wins that will go on. And if the game, the second to last game, is the first loss, so if somebody goes two and zero and loses, they'll have to win again, like you just explained. Do they have to play Hampshire again? No. Oh well, the whoever loses, so Hampshire, it's a double elimination tournament. So if Washington beats Hampshire okay. on Tuesday, they have to play Jefferson. Whoever loses that game will have to play Hampshire in order to go to the next round because it's only a three-team double elimination tournament. Right. Yeah, that's weird. That um, one's a little bit weirder just because you only have three teams. Yeah, and it's not four, so it's weird double elimination. It, it makes more sense to me to just do single then in that case, but I guess it's, it's only fair, fair to do double. Yeah. In, in um, some ways. Looking through the comments, 
uh, Brian Horner, our somewhat camera guy whenever he has time, Isaiah Horner's dad comments, 32 games is insane. No one or no time to fix anything with practice or cage time. Look at Virginia plates, 18 to 20 games. Too much on arms also, in my opinion. Um, I did some little research here between the two teams that are differentiating by that much, and one would be Washington with 22 games. The other would be Jefferson with the all 32 games. Uh, Washington, innings, you got to look at the innings. I guess you also have to look at pitches. I don't see pitch count exactly on uh, max preps, but I know Washington and Jefferson both use max preps for stats. Uh, so if you're looking here at Washington, uh Colin Reed has pitched 29 innings. Sedlock, or excuse me, Stoudemire has pitched 28 and two-thirds innings. Sedlock has pitched 28 innings. Uh, Matei has pitched 23 and a third innings. Um, Dunbar's pitched 20 and two-thirds innings. And then Kramer, who pitched yesterday for Washington, all seven innings, pitched 11 innings. This, I believe, totals including yesterday. And so there's nobody over 30 innings. You look at Jefferson's stats, which I believe are correct, through yesterday as well. You have Sammy Roberts pitched 34 innings this season. Uh, then you have Griffin Horowitz, 26 and two-thirds innings. And then uh, next down after that would be 20 and two-thirds innings from Morgan. Um, Jared Day only pitched 11 and two-thirds innings. Sam Wobnitz just seven and a third innings. So... I feel like I'm missing somebody. It doesn't Horowitz. have Hor or I gave Horowitz 26 to two thirds innings. Shipe has pitched 24 innings. Um, I still feel like I'm missing somebody, but I don't think I am. But there's not that big of a differential. Differential. Yeah, and a lot of that has to do with the Jefferson has a ton of pitchers. Yeah, uh, that can come in and pitch. Uh, maybe most teams in the EPAC don't have that, and I guess one thing that you could say to counter that i mean coach lowry's been coaching for what 50 years now so obviously he he knows what his team is capable of he knows how many games would be good for his team and his players um he seems to think 32 is fine so they went 29 three so i mean obviously he, he knows what he's doing uh i get what what you could be concerned about with the pitching but i think it just kind of depends on your team like, if you yeah. have the amount of arms to go 32 games, it does sound like a lot to me for a high school season, 30-plus. Uh, I feel like 25 would probably be, like, the sweet spot there. Um, but if that's what the state allows and you think your team can handle it, and obviously Jefferson has to this point, yeah, um, you know, go ahead and play games because the kids want to play games. They want to get chances to – uh, impress scouts and stuff like that so and looking at it the total number of pitches between all players uh, between these two teams if these stats are indeed correct which according to max preps they were updated for washington this morning at 504 a.m and uh the other night for last night for jefferson uh 2587 pitches total for uh washington 2612 pitches total for Jefferson so pretty close numbers but obviously uh Jefferson has won a lot of games in five innings yeah that's another point too you have to think about that they're getting less pitches because they've won quite a few games in five innings rather than having to pitch those next two innings which would probably bring their pitch count if you 
double it over that you know few games could get you up to 2,800 pitches easily. Uh, but just wanted to look at that because I saw that on the comments on Facebook. But it's definitely shaping up to be a real good sectional tournament on both sides. And then regions will be coming up on the 23rd. Uh, so they'll get, I believe, some time off. They'll have a few days of practice before they start regional play. Uh, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Rossini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family-owned and operated, located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com. We come back. We'll talk NBA playoffs. They, get, they took a night off last night. They'll get back going tonight and through the weekend. We'll talk about that when we return on today's edition of the Sports Mix. I'm on fire. I'm on the run. You looked at me and I was done Hi, my name's Corey, and I'm here at Orsini's in beautiful Martinsburg, West Virginia. We no longer specialize in only appliances. We have kitchen design, countertops, cabinets, flooring, and even a new 1,200-square-foot sleep studio with brands such as Stearns & Foster, Sealy, and Tempur-Pedic. 304-267-7251. 360 Heck Wilson Way in Martinsburg. We price match the big box stores, and we give back to our local community. Orsini's.com. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit right off Route 11 is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. Hefley Motor Company, just off I-81 at 993 Hedgesville Road, is a family-owned and operated business providing the Eastern Panhandle with the highest quality pre-owned vehicles and customer service since 1997. Hefley is a pre-owned Carfax Advantage dealer. We're proud to be your partner serving the community. You're local, we're local, so why not buy local? Call us at 304-267-7172 or see us at 993 Hedgesville Road. And if you want to sell your car, we buy cars too. Check us out at Hefley.com. Hefley Motor Company, a nice place to do business. For every parent with a child entering pre-K through 7th grade, we invite you to consider Airborne Christian Academy. Enrolling your student in a Christian school, it's never been more affordable. With a WV Hope Scholarship offering $4,300 per year per student. And if you've been hoping for alternative ways for your child to flourish academically while remaining true to your faith, we want to partner with you. Check out all the details at airborne.church forward slash school now back to the sports mix with spencer and nick on talk radio wrnr 106.5 fm am 740 and tv 10 Welcome back to this Friday, May 6th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Puinick for Zellini. Happy to have you with us here. Get into some NBA playoffs for the weekend real quick as a big weekend in the NBA playoffs. The They resume. They took a night off last night, and then they'll get going through the weekend. Tonight, 7 p.m., Heat and 76ers doing battle with Miami, leading the series 2-0. And... The line, according to Caesars Sportsbooks, is currently even, and that's because Joel Embiid has cleared protocol. He is now doubtful for tonight's game, but there's still a chance, Nick. Yeah, there is a, I guess, a chance. Usually doubtful is out. I I can't remember the last time somebody was doubtful and they actually played. Um, But we'll see. 
uh, with Joel Embiid. If he's able to go, it, it definitely gives the 76ers a chance in this ball game to uh, win and, and maybe even make this a series, but it, it might be too little too late as well because even if he's back, I mean, he's coming off of a relatively major injury, a, a minor injury, but also just coming off injury in general, uh, that you know, puts you at a, a dif- disadvantage, obviously. So not a fully healthy Joel Embiid doesn't sound like a good thing. It's already a 2-0 yeah. series, but it is back in Philly. They'll have their fans on their side for at least until they start to lose, right? <laughs> That's how Philly fans are. Uh, yeah. But um, Until they start to throw things at the heat. Yeah, <laughs> or, who kn- or at Santa, or who, who knows what else they'll do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I I think this series is all but over if Miami wins it tonight. Uh, I would give them a small chance for Philly just because they're at home and, and there is the chance for Embiid to be out there. If he can be out there and just provide some some uh, a presence, yeah. you know, having Joel Embiid, like that takes away maybe without Embiid in the lineup, you really don't have to worry about uh, the low post game on the 76ers but if he's in the lineup it, it completely changes the game so if he can maybe give them you know 20 minutes I, I think that would be a huge help but if he's not out there I still lean toward the heat tonight even if Embiid's out there I'd probably still give the heat an advantage just because I don't know how good he's going to be yeah um but if no Embiid then it, it's well obviously most 10 plus most people aren't uh assuming presuming he's gonna play because he could go to the game for as low as 42 dollars nick wow i might have to go (laughs) other game tonight uh maverick excuse me phoenix leads the series two nothing that game 9 30 tonight uh game three back in dallas that line is also even according to caesar sportsbooks uh but i think that series is all but over sun's just completely dominating luka Doncic just can't do enough by himself yeah, unless like a miracle happens and Dirk Nowitzki walks out tonight in his prime to save the Mavericks, <laughs> I don't see much going in Dallas's favor. Obviously, Luka has played great, scoring over 80 points, I think, combined in the two games. He had 45 in the first game, I think like 30-something in the next game. Yeah. So you know, he's been you know great for them, but they don't really have anybody else to rely on. So unless Jalen Brunson can get it going or, or somebody – in that backcourt, maybe Tim Hardaway, but it just doesn't seem like Dallas has enough firepower. I mean, this is a complete Suns team. We talk a lot about Booker and Chris Paul, and they're the leaders, but, I mean, you get Bridges going a little bit. Uh, DeAndre Aiden's a great player down low, so they just have so much in Phoenix that even if those guys have an off night, they could they could get carried by other uh, key role players, and if Luca were to have an off night, I mean, this team's going to lose by 60. So, I mean, we'll see if it's it's maybe close tonight, but I, I would definitely lean toward the Suns to take the 3-0 lead and probably end up sweeping. Yeah, definitely. Those Game 4s are set for Sunday. Uh, game 4 for that series is set, set for Sunday. 3.30 for the Suns and Mavericks, 8 p.m. for the Heat and the 76ers. Let's look at tomorrow's games. Game three in the East semifinals between the Bucks and the Celtics. That series tied at one. Uh, right now, according to Caesars Sportsbooks, Milwaukee favored by two in this one. I know Colin will have a say about this one. He thinks that Tatum will go off in Milwaukee or something like that. Yeah, that's probably what he'll say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I said it. I'm not going to make a prediction because every time I pick against the Celtics, I am wrong. 
So maybe I should do reverse psychology and pick the Celtics, Celtics. even though I really think the Bucs will win. I don't know. So I'm just not making a prediction in this game. (laughs) But I think it's going to be close. And like I said before, I think it's a seven-game series. Um, It could go either way. The return to Milwaukee, I think, helps the Bucs tonight uh, and sets up for a good series and a good game. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts because, like I said, I refuse to make a prediction on the Boston Celtics. Six thir- or excuse me, eight thirty p.m. tomorrow on ABC. The Celtics Bucks set for three thirty on ABC as well. So, uh, Grizzlies Warriors eight thirty p.m. ABC game three. That series also tied at one. Warriors favored by seven in this one though. That's interesting. It Both is games home. have been extremely close. Yeah, uh, I feel like seven is a big line. Yeah, yeah, you'd probably want to take that Memphis covering. Um, but Golden State returning home, I think they'll they'll take the two one lead. Uh, John Morant played amazing last game. He's really played amazing all playoffs. Um, but I think back in go- back in San Francisco or coming to San Francisco, that will get the crowd behind Curry. And, and that team always plays better in the Bay Area. Um, so I think Steph has a big night. He really hasn't had a big playoff game yet. I think he'll have a big night on Saturday. There, uh, I would I would expect so too, especially in front of the home fans. Excuse me. Game four for that will be for those two series will be on Monday. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online; they'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on their side of this break. We'll wrap things up. Talk some Capitals. They got completely destroyed last night against the Panthers. Game three is tomorrow night in D.C. We'll touch on that and the rest of the NHL playoffs when we return after this two-minute break. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. We've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bajant. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axle Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. Not sure where to go or who to trust with your flooring project? And start with Trips Flooring, proudly serving the area for more than 25 years. Specializing in floor sanding and refinishing, along with installation of new flooring, including hardwood, tile, vinyl, laminate, carpet, and the hottest trend in flooring luxury vinyl, tile, and luxury vinyl plank. Are you on a budget? Check out their warehouse, cash and carry, or call 304-229-7009, or visit them online at tripsfloorsanding.com. Looking for some nightlife? Then look. 
no further. Laddie's Bar and Grill has a full bar and kitchen, pool table, and entertainment with great food at affordable prices. You can dine in or carry out by calling us at 304-263-5233. Laddie's is open Monday through Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 3 a.m. and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. We serve breakfast all day long, and our lunch and dinner specials are posted every day on our Facebook page. So stop on in to Laddie's Bar and Grill, located at 107 Lutz Avenue in Martinsburg. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to the final segment of today's edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. You're going to stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer and Nick here as we wrap things up on this week's put a bow on our sports mix for this week. We'll be off Monday to do a charity golf tournament. And then on Tuesday, we'll be back as we prepare for baseball sectionals that begin on Tuesday night. But let's talk some NHL playoffs. The Capitals completely routed last night, 5-1 to one in the in-game two down in Florida. Uh, no Tom Wilson for them. Uh, they gave up five goals, all five between the first two periods. They're only able to muster up one goal. Um, not looking good. Uh, considering they had Vanacek in net, and Vanacek was kind of the hot hand. Now they don't know what they're going to do at goaltender, and they're also hoping Tom Wilson's back for tomorrow's game, which is slated for 1 p.m. It'll be a 12.45 pregame show right here on Talk Radio WRNR from the Capitals Radio Network, Uh, but they really need to get a win tomorrow at home as the series shifts to D.C. for 2. Be a pivotal game 3 tomorrow, because if they go down 2-1, to and it could be hard to uh, come back from that. Yeah, I think, too, uh, last night, based on that score, is kind of what we maybe expected heading into the series initially between these two teams. I mean, Florida has been the better team throughout the regular season. They uh, seem to have a big advantage heading in, but game one went the Caps way, and that kind of was, I think, maybe how people expected this series to go just on ba- based on paper. So, yeah, you talk about a huge game three, especially in D.C., uh, in front of the home crowd. Uh, but it does it does look like Florida really settled in uh, last night. Rangers did as well, beating the Penguins five to two. That series also nodded at one. Stars blinked the Flames two nothing. That series nodded at one as well. Uh, the Avalanche now up on top of the Predators two nothing in the series after winning in overtime two to one. Uh, look at the games tonight on tap. 7 p.m. TNT, Bruins and Hurricanes. Bruins trying to not go down 3-0 on the brink there. They're looking to win as they're at TD Garden there in Boston. Then 7.30 on TBS, Maple Leafs, Lightning. That series tied at 1. Lightning obviously back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. 9.30 TNT, Wild and Blues. That series also nodded at 1. And Oilers and Kings, 10 p.m. TBS. That series nodded at 1. Uh, should be a good night of hockey tonight and then tomorrow. Everything gets started with the Caps. Uh, then 4.30, the Avalanche and Predators. 7 p.m., the Rangers and Penguins. And 9.30 p.m. is the Flames and the Stars. But it should be a good weekend of basketball and hockey, Nick. Yeah. Uh, lots of games going on. And lots of playoff games. So yeah. it's obviously a good time to be a hockey basketball guy and baseball season going on as well. So. 
overall a exciting time in sports definitely is an exciting time in sports but that'll wrap it up for today's edition of the sports mix and the final edition for this week the first week of may here in 2022 that'll do it for us here today uh, we'll hear from jefferson head coach john lowry senior on tuesday 12 15 again no show monday we'll be at uh, the woods for the fca charity golf tournament in support of former sports director matt miller who is now over there heading things up at the fca of the eastern panhandle so uh, i guess we gotta have a good game we're also looking for a fourth golfer there as our own mogul had to back out due to some responsibilities getting some stuff done uh but we'll be back tuesday we'll get you ready for epac sectionals uh but that'll do it for this edition of the sports mix for nick verslini i'm spencer please saying so long we'll talk to you again on monday nats and caps this weekend on the air